Hey listeners, to kick off our Asian History Month programming and to celebrate Mother's Day this Sunday, we're releasing a special bonus episode of Double Cuzzies this week and mixing up the pod format a bit. I recently had the opportunity to sit down with my parents and ask them all the questions of what it was like growing up for them and what I was like as a kid. The episode that you're about to listen to is the one-on-one interview I did with my mom. Next week, we'll be releasing the one-on-one with my dad, and then finally the interview I did with both of my parents together. A little context for the audio of this interview with my mom. I tried to interview each of my parents in settings that would be most natural and comfortable for them to engage in a dialogue. For my dad, it was in a quiet room with two chairs facing each other. For my mom, she's like a hummingbird who is always doing something. So sitting down and having a focused discussion just didn't feel true to our relationship. For this episode, my mom is preparing dinner in the background, and so you'll get a little bit of ASMR as a bonus. I hope you enjoy listening to this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. Thank you, Mom, for stepping way out of your comfort zone to support me in this creative project. I love you. So happy May, happy Asian History Month, and happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. And now, on to the show. Yes, mom, we're going to talk about your deep-seated, we're going to talk about your deep-seated fears and trauma and... (laughs) No. So what are you cooking tonight for dinner? Uh, Ginger onion tenderloin beef and then just a uh, mixed vegetables, all kinds of stuff in it. How did you learn how to cook? Um, I watched... My mom cooking, I watch our maid cooking, and then we had to learn how to cook when we moved over here. Did you cook a lot when you were growing up in Malaysia, or was it like helping? Never cooked? Never cooked, just looked. Just watched? Just watched. So then when you moved to the States, is that when you had to cook for yourself then for the first time? Uh, Yeah, actually it was cooking for my paternal grandparents too, for the first time. Mm -hmm. So it was... uh, Learning experience. You learned how to cook. You, you had to cook for your maternal grandparents? Paternal grandparents. Paternal grandparents, yeah. okay. My sisters, we were all living here then. Mm-hmm. So we all had to learn how to cook. So it was you, your two sisters, and then, and okay, then yeah. also Uncle Yan as yeah. well. And that was in Tempe, right? Tempe. Okay. <laughs> yep. So you had to try and learn how to cook just like from memory of seeing um, your mom cook in Malaysia or...? Kind of, um, yeah, and also, we only cooked like really limited dishes too, and then, you know, using the ingredients and what to put in there, it was all trial and error. It yeah. was pretty sad. <laughs> not very good. Because that, at that time, because you moved over here when you were like... 14. 14, yep. okay. Wow, so 14 and you're learning to cook for yourself, your paternal grandparents, and yep. your siblings. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And since then, though, you've become such a good cook, though. Yeah, because so, I think you just, you just learn by doing it. Yeah, so it's just years and years of trial yep. and error in doing it. Yep. So then, how long did you live here before, like, Japan and Jokong moved over? Uh, I came over in 1970, and I think Japan and Jokong came over in the 80s. Okay, so you were over here for, like, a good decade then. Yeah, I mean, they would come over back and forth, Visit but everything. until they actually moved over completely. Yeah. Maybe it was late 70s they moved over. Okay. I can't remember. And they were in Malaysia otherwise? Yeah. And how come you moved to Arizona? Um, 
Because my uncle lived in Tempe and he was willing to be our guardian when we went to school. Mm -hmm. And so you moved out here for school then? For school, basically. yeah. But then not all of you moved out to the U.S. for school, right? Um, four of us ended up in the U.S. and two of them ended up in England. And was there at any point, like a time in Malaysia where all of you were, like all six kids yeah. were all living there? And yeah, and it was when I was 10 years old. I moved back from the age of four to the age of ten. I lived with my maternal grandparents, mm -hmm. and then after Atai, Atai, uh -huh. and then after I turned ten, and I finished primary six, and I moved back to uh, go to a different city with my um, the rest of the siblings of my parents. Uh huh. But one of my sisters also was living away, and then she moved back too at the same time. So there were six of us. Wow. <laughs> what was that like in the house with all of you in there? It was fun. Yeah. Because you, know, you always had somebody to play with mm -hmm. or talk, you know, just... Yeah, company. Yeah. Company. There was always company. Yeah. Because we didn't do... Have friends over. We didn't do the traditional American childhood things. What was childhood kids. like in Malaysia, in KK? Um, it was... Very different. It was fun. I mean, it sounds kind of deprived because we had no toys. Really. <laughs> toys all. You had, your, had no TV. You had your imagination, though. Yeah, we did. Uh -huh. We just that created, you know, things to play with. We played school. Uh huh. We played Holy Communion. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the really exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just, you yeah. created your own fantasy world yeah, of I mean, communion and school. <laughs> yeah. We didn't really, you know, have a lot of free time except for the weekends, maybe, uh -huh. and even at that, we, we, there was always a lot of chores to be done. Yeah. So we, when we did play, really, we didn't really have that much play time, mm -hmm. and we didn't do sleepovers. We didn't have friends coming over. We never went anywhere. And that was like you, you particular, like the family in particular, or that was just the culture at the time. Like that, it wasn't a I don't thing. I it was have. like for other. I don't, well, I don't know if it was just our family or other families too, but because there were so many kids in our family, they really, you know, it really would be quite an expense too, I think, to go out and yeah. you know, go see go see movies or do that type of thing. Anything, just six kids. Yeah, and they yeah. can't really get everybody in a car for one thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't remember, I mean, I don't know what my friends did, you know, but uh, our, we never went anywhere. Once in a while, we'll go to the beach. But not, mm -hmm. not very much at all. But what was funny was Uncle Terry said something recently that was never thought about it. Because we, when Lee Chu and I moved away, and Uncle Terry was growing up then, uh -huh. you know, with Uncle um, Nikki and then my Uncle Yen and then Lee Chun Taiyi. Mm -hmm. But um, I was gone, Lee Chu Taiyi was gone. So when we went back in the same time, there was then six of us, we just, we just, we didn't feel weird, mm -hmm. but he said it was just weird waking up one morning and there was these two strangers in the house <laughs> and um, didn't know who they were, you know, because he was so young. Uh huh. But I never saw it from his point of view, you know, we were yeah. just back. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, so you had moved away when he was He was, let's see, he, very young. He, he's because four you, years so younger than me. So let's see, so there's six of you total. There's 12 years between the six of us. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought having two kids under two was difficult, yeah. and I do not know how Jong Pong did yeah. that. Um, 
Yeah, so he, you must have been gone then when he, he he, was, before he would have been able to remember you. Oh yeah, definitely. I was gone <laughs> when I was four, so he was just born. Okay, and yeah. then you came back. And then I came back, and he he was six, so he never saw me wow. you know, during his <laughs> more formative years. Yeah, but, but then so, now though, or like as adults too, uh -huh. you two are very close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it was it's, it's funny though. It's like even though we all move away, and. And then we were all away overseas studying too. Mm -hmm. We're all still, I think, pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice because it seems like you all sort of scattered around and you all lived in the same places with each other at some point. At there some was some point. overlap. But yeah. 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 <laughs> and so then when you moved to the US, then it was just you, your two sisters, and your older Uncle brother. Yeah, Uncle Yin and my oldest sister came over the year before. I did with my second sister. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And was it like a total culture shock when you moved over? Um. Yes and no. I think because I think we were all so adaptable. I think and uh -huh. it was really because I think we both, we, all of us could speak and write English. Yeah, like so that wasn't that, a concern. At that all. was yeah. not an issue at all. So I think because of that, it wasn't really that bad of a uh, a move. Mm -hmm. And. Um, Food-wise, we just cook Chinese food. We try to cook Chinese food. <laughs> you know? Only attempts at yeah, it. Yeah, attempts at it. We, you know, so it was, and you know, and there was a lot of things that was easier for cleaning and stuff. Uh -huh. More, you know, a lot more um, westernized cleaning stuff. So it was, you know, it was bad. Yeah. You just adapt. Yeah, I mean, I I'm assuming that none of you kids had any say. Or ever gave any opinion about how you felt about moving away or going to these various places that you went? No, I think it was just like, okay, you're going overseas to study because there was no universities there at the time. Mm -hmm. So everybody sent their kids overseas. Yeah. But most people went to Australia, to the Commonwealth countries, mm -hmm. um, to um, England, to New Zealand, but very few people went to the States. Hmm. And we ended up here, I think, because my uncle was here, mm -hmm. and I had three uncles living here at the time, actually. And then when, why had your uncles moved over here? To go to school. Just, so they went over here for school, for school and then stayed also, and for work staying, and everything. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And so when you came over here, you were in high school. High right? school for a year and a half, that okay. was it. Because you were only 14, but you came in over as like a junior in high school, junior, right? Second semester of junior. I started school early. I started school like a whole year early because um, when I went to live with my grandparents, I was four, but both my grandparents worked, mm -hmm. which is really unusual in that day and age, mm -hmm. especially for, grandparents for my to grandmother, for my grandmother to be working mm -hmm. full time in mm -hmm. a very responsible job, you know. Yeah. So, um, so I started school because there was nobody home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and then I just. You know, I was basically kind of an only child when I was living with them. Mm -hmm. and my aunt was living there for maybe a couple of years after I got there, and then she moved away to go to school in Australia. Mm -hmm. So it was just so it was just me, me and my grandparents. <laughs> That's so interesting that you come from one of six, but then you each yeah. kind of have these experiences of what, yeah, what it's it like was, to be an only child or yeah, one of and it was few. very different growing up with my grandparents. Yeah, what was that like? I have a lot of good memories from there too because uh -huh. because I was an only child, so I did a lot of stuff that I think if, if it was not just me, I think think we would have you know been able to do. Yeah. So went to school and I 
don't remember playing after school. There was no such thing as playing after school. <laughs> and I remember spending a lot of time with a black cat. Uh huh. A cat. Uh huh. And then weekends, my grandmother would take me to go shopping, grocery shopping in the open markets,、mm-hmm. and we would have lunch or breakfast at the hawker stalls afterwards,、mm. and、um, or have breakfast with her friends. And sometimes they have mahjong parties on the weekends at the friend's house, and I would get to go.、Mm-hmm. And that's how I learned how to play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was a fun. It was a really fun childhood. Yeah, growing up, it was very different. Do you think that you had a different childhood experience to like seeing your grandmother working as a working woman and like? I th- uh, yes, because <laughs> it was very. You know, it was like wow. You know, Jiapo. That was she would have been my Jiapo.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, she worked for a bus company and she was in charge of all the books. You know, and、mm-hmm. she was just she was very very independent woman for that era. Yeah, you know, and that's where I learned how to speak some Cantonese too, because she was Cantonese. Yeah. And then did my jawa, your mom?、Uh-huh. She didn't work, right? No. Okay. I mean,、well, she, had she had six, six kids. <laughs> she had six kids in twelve years. And six kids and her in-laws to、uh, take care of. Uh huh. Okay, so she was taking care of. It, it was also considered multi-generational. Multi-generational. Yeah, I think that's probably why it was so. You know, that's why I went to live with my grandparents. Yeah. That's how you went to live with my aunt because、mm-hmm. it was just so many kids. Yeah, too much. And where did and where did a Thailand? Where did your grandparents live? It was in Sandakan. In Sandakan. Yeah. So how far away then were you from? It's just a short flight. Okay. It was a short flight. Yeah. So would you see them? Like, would you see go back? Gong, or you、um, would. I would go back once in a while. You know, maybe once a year.、Mm-hmm. Oh, once、But、a year. Maybe once a year.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not that often. And when's the last time you've gone back to Malaysia? Two thousand eleven pandemic. Well, I haven't been back in、yeah. longer than that. I went back in two thousand eleven, and that was the last time I went back with my parents and、mm-hmm. my brother. Was it really different? Going, it was really、yeah. different then, but I, I, but it's even. I'm sure it's even more it's different even now. Dif- more different now. Yeah. Now. And then you know I have I feel like I have such fragments but very distinct fragments of memories from, from going to Malaysia.、And、so what I couldn't remember was when we went on that trip, you and I and Chris just flew for one of the legs, right? The three of us. I thought. I thought I remember traveling with just you for a portion of it, and then Dad like met up with us. Maybe he、point. couldn't. He couldn't leave us at the time as, that we as did. As couldn't be gone for as long. Maybe did like we go to Singapore. Yeah, we always fly into Singapore first, and then we usually lay over there. But I can't remember. God, it was so long ago that we went、yeah. back as, with you guys as kids. Yeah, we always have to stop over in Singapore because it was such a long flight. So what was that like flying like this super long haul international trip with two kids by yourself? I don't remember it being an issue. Yeah, it was just it is what it is. Old enough, yeah, it is what it is. You just do whatever needs to be done. You kids were old enough.、Mm-hmm. You didn't have to like. I was nine, so you had、yeah. stopped changing my diapers、yes. at least well, a year been, before yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been a nightmare traveling in an infant or a toddler. Yeah. No, you guys were old enough that I didn't have to really do anything. And so then, when you moved over, you stayed here a long time before you ever went back, right? Stayed here.、Again. I came over in seventy, and then we didn't go back until seventy-four. So I was gone for、okay. four years before I made such a trip back.、Mm-hmm. 
And what was, oh, do you back. recall at all what that first trip back felt like? Oh, it was wonderful because yeah. we haven't gone for so long. And because it's quite an expense, I think, and there's four of us, mm -hmm. we would have to fly back. Um, and Jeff Hall flew back with us too, and my grandfather flew back with us. Wow. So eager to get home and eat all the foods that we missed. So it was a great trip. Yeah. What did you miss most about home? What do you miss most what about do I KK? Miss most? Oh, the food. Yeah. Yeah. Is that why you like to cook? Why you learn to cook such I good think food? so. Yeah, Jeff says because I like to eat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's why I cook. Because that's the only way I can eat what I want to eat. Yeah. I'll try and cook it anyways. Well, I would imagine, at least now, you have more options if you were yeah. to dine out for Chinese right. food here. Yeah, right? when we first came over, there was maybe one or two Chinese restaurants, and it's like fast food restaurants. Yeah, nothing, nothing like what there is now, and especially in the East Valley. And so, what was that like? Like, you know, I talked to Dad about what his experience was, and like, I have a feel for what the Valley's demographics were like in, you know, the '60s and '70s. As far as it seemed like it was a lot, it was still very much a few very families who had been here for a long time. Chinese families, anyways. See, I was not even exposed to that. Yeah, and so I was wondering, like, what was your for me it was, sense of that community? For me, the only Chinese thing. family I knew was my your family. family. Yeah, yeah and my family, mm -hmm. and uh, we lived in Scottsdale, and we didn't really see very many Asians, mm -hmm. but it really didn't bother me. Like, uh -huh. You know, I didn't really feel weird being an Asian because, yeah. because there was so few. So I really was not even exposed to the Phoenix side of all the families that were here already. Yeah. And um, you know, so I don't even know what I miss if I miss anything. Yeah. And so then I guess you would probably wouldn't have met any of those families or that part of the community until you got married. Not at all. Not at all. Because they all went to school in Phoenix. Yeah. Different part of the yeah. Valley. Different. Totally different. Yeah. And I was in Tempe, but and then we moved to Tempe when we went to ASU. And, and then we started meeting some of the Asians the Phoenix at ASU. At ASU. Is that the first time that you kind of socialized with other Asians in the Valley was when you were in college? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, and I didn't really even socialize with that many. Maybe one or two didn't mm -hmm. really know that many. My friends were mostly Caucasian. Mm -hmm. And then I guess based off of your childhood of living with your grandparents and, you know, being very self-reliant mm -hmm. and then also being away from your parents too and, and like learning how to take care of yourself and like being away from your siblings and everything. Do you think that that had any sort of influence on how you raised us? Yes and no. I think being away, because we have to do everything for ourselves. So mm -hmm. we ended up doing a lot of things oneself. Mm -hmm. So when I started raising you kids, I just continued doing everything. Mm. And I, I wish I had r raised you guys to be more independent, mm. you know, as far as cooking uh -huh. and cleaning and all that. But looking back at it now, I wish I had, mm -hmm. you know, especially to taught Chris how to cook. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you taught by example. By doing, you know, right, and then yeah, because I like used to watch you yeah, cook, yeah, yeah. like just as how I'm doing now. I would watch you cook. I would help you prep things. I'm not doing right. any help right now. I can certainly help you prep things. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it's like I would watch you cook. I would watch you garden. Yeah. I would watch you grow things. I would watch right. you tend to things. How you pick 
Asian vegetables and fruits, fruits at the Asian yeah. grocery store. So, yeah, because you watch like I watch. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm sure that for you, it was not anybody actively teaching you these things of like, yeah. come here and let me teach you how to do this. It, it was like this, if you saw somebody doing it. Yeah, you would watch, you watch them do, do it. it. Yeah. And there was no such thing as YouTube or right. anything like that. No, no food from... TV no. or <laughs> so you just network. Kind of, you, you know, if there's something you want to eat, then you try making it. Yeah. So since you've been in America for so long at this point, do you feel American? Not really. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, depending on what you mean by American, I mean, a lot of the things that I do is a very Americanized mm -hmm. way. I speak like an American, I cuss like an American. <laughs> cuss like a sailor. I cuss like a sailor. But, That's um, where I get it from. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try not to cuss here. No, it's fine. We have that E rating. We got that E for explicit. So I can also, oh, okay. I can, I can also edit out all of the swearing, okay. too, if needed. Yeah, so yeah, a little bit cuss here. Western way of cussing. Yes. Uh -huh. yeah. So the... Uh, but I still don't feel very Americanized. Yeah. I don't think my way of thinking is American. Things I do sometimes is very American. Yeah. So how do you think your way of thinking about things is not American? I'm still very traditional in some things. Like what? Like uh, raising kids and having them be respectful. Mm. Yeah, that's a big... I think that's not yeah. very Americanized. As you're holding two knives. <laughs> I didn't, I, I, the kids need to be respectful, yeah. and they're useless, they don't know how to cook at all, as you're like sharpening your knives. Yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, I think that's a very uh, Chinese-Asian thing. Filial piety. Like, you should respect your parents, your you should parents. respect your elders. Right. Yeah. And you try not to talk back, mm -hmm. you know, but that's the one thing I think that's still very... Asian about me. Yeah. I think that expectation is very Asian, but when I didn't meet that expectation, because I for sure was a smart ass right now, <laughs> uh, your reaction to it was never, no. it was never like disciplinary or oh, no. reactive. No, I don't or think, I think that, we were pretty, so. uh, I think we were pretty easygoing parents. Yeah. You know? it, we, we would say something if it mattered. You know? Yeah. If it was just, then they, you know, scheme of things, it's not a big deal, then it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. worth Getting it. upset about it. Yeah, but the things that truly matter, then we would say something about it. Yeah. And then I guess, like, raising kids here with so much extended family, too. Were you still very much of, like, you felt like you were kind of on in your own unit of, these are my kids to take care of, or, like, was it that you had help, too, from extended um, family here? As far as help went, yes and no. Um... Because I didn't work, so uh -huh. didn't really expect any help since I didn't work. Uh -huh. So yeah, did everything mm -hmm. basically until I was like until you when uh, you were to six. School, okay. When so went into kindergarten. Grade. Oh, and then I, I started okay. work. I okay. went back to work. Then you know, your grandparents would watch you after school yeah. until I got home. But uh, before then, it was just. You know, I was raised to be a traditional wife. Right. Traditional that daughter, was role. wife, and then a mother. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that was my role. And but I'm glad that you are not raised that way. <laughs> <laughs> if I was to do it over, I would be more like you. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yes, I do have some freedoms, I think, yes. that you did not growing up right. anyway. And not that anybody said anything, but it was just more guilt. You know, mm. If you didn't do yeah. the things you were expected to. That's a very Asian thing, I feel it's very like. very Asian of thing. Like, oh, yeah, you, you, you set expectations not yourself. by communicating them, but by giving people a sense of guilt when they don't live up to your uncommunicated expectations, <laughs> right? Right. Of like, I don't know how to make you happy, but I definitely know how to disappoint you, I guess. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not that anybody said anything about, oh, you should do this. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. You understood what the expectation but was, I understood though. what the expectations were. So, yeah. you know, so I did that. And I felt like... I was never myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because I mean, if you stayed at home, if you were a stay-at-home mom then until I was until six, you were six, then yeah. and Chris is four and a half years older than me. Right. So for eleven years, essentially, you were a stay-at-home mom. Yep. And then, what was that transition like when you went back to work? I mean, when you went back to work, it was a, a bit of a different scenario where it was like it was working so for yeah, working. you know you're working for. Like, I think a company that you like that our fa- you know our family's law partnership basically right, right? and so, so it wasn't like you were just going to any work. company yeah i think yeah. it would have been very different and much more difficult if i had to go work for somebody else like a company like or, a company yeah, like, where you had to have certain hours and expectations right, exactly and whereas you know i could you know take off when i want to go to events for you or sport you yeah. know sport matches and all that so it was very different so i had that luxury at least yeah of Working, but still yet be able to participate in you know, stuff that you and Chris were doing. Yeah, yeah. Because I definitely, I mean, I never felt like obviously when you know you're you were stay at home, I didn't mm-hmm. feel like I was lacking your presence, of course. <laughs> but then even growing up, when going to school, like I never felt like there was any sort of events or anything like that where you and Dad couldn't make it because right. of work or something. Yeah. So, so that was yeah that yeah. was the uh, advantage of working for a. Uh, for your own family. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Definitely. And I guess, um, like, what kind of work had you been interested in doing? You know, I didn't really know what my interests were growing up because I didn't really exhibit any, like, skills, particularly skills in anything, uh-huh. like outstanding skills in drawing or math or anything like that. So. But it was understood that you do not major in anything but science or math. You know, it's like you have to be a doctor, or uh-huh. a lawyer, or an engineer. Again, it was understood. It was. Understood. <laughs> it was never said, oh, yeah, but it never was understood. Said, but, yeah, uh-huh. it was very much, you know. So when I went to ASU, didn't really know what I wanted to study, but I knew it had to be something scientific. Mm-hmm. So my one of my sister was majoring in. I was going to be a medical technologist, so, and then I chose microbiology because it was science, mm-hmm. not that I liked it. Yeah. So ended up with a degree in that, but didn't really want to go for. And after four years, to that um, was on a student visa, so for me to stay on, I would have to get another degree. And um, and I knew I didn't want to get a master's in that, uh-huh. so the. One of the options was to get a degree in business mm-hmm. without a bachelor undergraduate degree, and I could still do it in two years. Mm-hmm. So that's what I ended up doing, and um, went to ASU. And there was only six girls in the class. <laughs> <laughs> that was in your microbiology classes, no, or that was, that was your MBA. business. Okay, it that was, was in my MBA, MBA program. Class, yeah. 
Only six girls. Wow. Yep. And how big was like the total, like what was the size roughly? Probably about 30, 20, 30. Okay. The classes, you know, but it was, um, it was people from all different backgrounds too. So mm-hmm. it was just like I was without a background in, um, one of them had Business a background in, uh, in accounting, so she was going for a master's. Okay. And uh, I can't remember what the other ones were, but not everybody had business backgrounds either. So, so it was nice, you know, we were on the same boat. Yeah. And they were all older too. But at that point, though, you weren't even that. You weren't even that old. <laughs> you were like, you were only like twenty uh, still, right? Yes. <laughs> that would have been 1976. Yeah, so you were twenty. <laughs> yeah, I was twenty. <laughs> so I mean, uh, wow. All old. So you I were a twenty-year-old master's student then, twenty-year-old MBA student. MBA, yeah. <laughs> and then did you work, or did you work with that background then before having kids and everything? After I graduated, I went into retailing. Mm-hmm. I went to work for Diamonds because they had a uh, management training program. So mm-hmm. I went to work in the uh, back when they had a trimmer home department, which was Christmas uh-huh. department. So I worked in that, setting up Christmas trees, you know. And that's why you hate decorating. That's why I hate now. decorating. Never Christmas. again. <laughs> Never again. And then after that, I went into the uh, buying program at, I think it was Broadway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it used to be called Broadway. And yeah. that was fashion buying and like fashion buying. picking like for the, the yeah. season. I, I worked for an assistant buyer mm-hmm. you know, and um, and then I was in the store. We would have to set up the stores and all that. But the buying office was in the store itself at Fiesta Mall when Broadway was Broadway. Mm-hmm. But um, we would have to check the floor set up, you know, sales and all that stuff. It's horrible work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of overtime, unpaid overtime, uh-huh. very low paying. Uh huh. Yeah. But um, but it was interesting. That was the management training program that yeah, you were in? Yeah. <laughs> that just kind of sounds like a buyer. It sounds like a way to just get a lot of menial work out of somebody. Yeah, <laughs> even even the yeah, the, the buyers you know had it a lot better, too, but even the assistant buyers were Yeah. It was a lot of slave work. That's <laughs> <laughs> just how it was. Yeah. And so then, were you doing that then when you got I, pregnant? Um, I was doing that after I got married. So, but I had just quit when Dad graduated from law school. Uh-huh. I started working, and I was going to take a break and do something else. And then I got pregnant. Uh huh. Yeah. So then I never, and then I didn't work again until you were six years old. Uh huh. And that was working for the law firm. Then. The law firm, yeah. And so then you never took that break then. Of, or to do something else. To do something else, yeah. And I didn't really know what I would have done, mm-hmm. but it would not have been back at retailing, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that just doesn't seem like it would have been uh, anywhere with the future that you wanted to, no, to have no. anyways. So if you were back there then, and you had that break again, what are you interested in now, I guess? Because um, you're kind of at that point again where you don't have to. I don't, you don't have, have to, to work. Yeah. But so now I just do what I want to do, what I'm interested in, mm-hmm. and I am taking time to do things that I never did before, and it's more like self-care. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I'm kind of more focused on that these days, you know, mm-hmm. exercising more. In the best shape of your life. In the best shape of my life. Yeah. <laughs> I turned 70. <laughs> it's impressive. <laughs> yeah, I sent a picture to somebody, and they're like, your mom is ripped. She looks so strong. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably the fittest I've ever been. Yeah, yeah even even when I well, I never did sports growing up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I think sports. that's interesting because you never did sports growing no. up because that wasn't a thing. 
No, but you're very, just, very athletic. Though. I just I only did it started doing it when you were in school. Uh huh. So that's I when started you started playing tennis. Yeah. Okay. Well, I started playing tennis uh, when you started school. Okay. I was always I always wanted to learn how to play tennis, so mm-hmm. I did play tennis, and uh, when you were in school, and then. Um, that was before I went back to work. Okay. So then um, I played tennis for a whole year, actually. And uh, I played a lot of tennis for a whole year. Oh, uh-huh, okay. That's how you got told. so good. And then I was told, okay, you got to find a job now. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up not playing tennis anymore after that uh-huh. until you started up in school. And then I played, played tennis with you, and then I played badminton with you. Mm-hmm. So that was really fun. Yeah. So I think... That kind of got me on going to be a little bit more fit, too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my last question for you, then, because okay. I know that we're going to start cooking, too, is, so how do you think that I am similar to you? Um, and how do you think that I'm similar to Dad? You are very similar to me, is that we're very exacting in how we want things <laughs> yes. done. Uh-huh. It has to be... The way we want it done, otherwise <laughs> because it will, it's the right way. It's the right way, <laughs> obviously. And, and, right. and if you're gonna do something, do it. Don't do it half-ass. Yes. You know. Uh-huh. So that you and I are very similar in that because it would drive us nuts when uh-huh. it's not done right. So then we would complain about it. <laughs> so, so so instead, you know, it's a vicious cycle. So instead, we just end up just. Doing, doing it ourselves, it. and then we complain about it. Yeah. <laughs> so you and I are very similar in that, and we're very competitive. Yeah. <laughs> and how do you think I am like Dad? Um, you guys like to talk. <laughs> <laughs> you can talk about anything and everything, and I am just the opposite. I can go without speaking for days, and I would be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think I would, I could be fine going for days without speaking too, because I have done that before, or like gone long stretches of time. But uh, I think that I uh, to speak to anybody. yeah, and I think like in the pandemic, going for to work remote and not having as much social interaction, I found that I may be more introverted than I thought I was. Yeah. Um, but and you didn't you realize that you didn't really miss it. I didn't either. miss it yeah. so much. Yeah. Of course, you know certain. Certain connections, and you miss out on being able on the social aspect. But then it was also like, we've got such little kids right now yeah. that there's not a lot of socialization that happens right. anyway. See, you're so at a different like stage than I am. Yeah. Or that you were. Yeah. When you like, have little kids, there is you don't have time for yourself. You yeah. Know, you just try and get get things done, and it's never done the way sometimes you would like it to be done, but you just don't have the time for it. Yeah. Yeah. Or energy. So. All right. Well, that's all for my questions for you, Mom. Okay. Was that painful? Is that... It was, because I don't it like was. to talk. <laughs> well, I appreciate you putting up with me and entertaining me then. Um, but one of the things that Kaylee and I were doing on some of the episodes, as you know, is, some, is something called constructive compliments. Because I think it's important to be able to express gratitude and positive things about somebody to them. Uh, and to be able to hear that from somebody, uh-huh. too. And so, to close this out, Mom, I wanted to read you what I wrote to you. Okay. And Am I going to cry? Or... Yeah, you are. Because <laughs> you and I are also very similar in the sense that we are both very emotional people, I believe. Uh-huh. But the way that we express our emotions is very different. <laughs> um, so, dear Mom, 
I knew I would have to write this down because I would get too emotional to properly convey everything I wanted to say to you. Thank you for life, for this life, for everything that you've ever given me and all the sacrifices that I've seen you make over the years. You are such an incredibly caring and loving person and mother. I don't think I fully appreciated it until I became a mother myself. But you are always on your feet, <laughs> getting something for someone, anticipating their needs, and making sure that everyone is fed and happy. Only then do you ever rest or take time for yourself, but still always vigilant if someone needs something. You are also the most capable person that I know. Your resilience, strength, thoughtfulness, and sense of care have been an inspiration to me growing up and also who I am as a mother. But just as much as your selflessness has been an inspiration, so has your prioritization and interest in self-care and self-development in more recent years. Because to discover who you are outside of being a grandmother, a mother, a wife, a woman, at any age can be a very arduous and scary journey. And it seems that as we get older, it can feel even scarier to start it. And so I'm really proud of you. But please also know that you are not alone. That I am here for you and will always be here for you. And so thank you for teaching me how to cook and to take care of myself and how to take care of others. And thank you for loving me and our family through your magical cooking skills and your thoughtfulness for all of the invisible things that you do that make this family a family. I see them and I see you. And so thank you, mom. I love you. Love you too, Em. You are a pleasure to have as a daughter. <laughs> I would not trade you for the world. <laughs> uh, all right. And now there's done? things to do. Are we done? Yes, we're done. You are relieved. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Double Cuzzies, where we're cousins and friends, but most importantly, we're family. Bye. Bye. <laughs>